Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight, a conversation about faith, family, freedom, the state of Illinois, our nation, and conservative action. Here's David Smith and Monty Larrick. Thanks for joining Illinois Family Spotlight. I'm Monty Larrick, and this is David Smith, Yellow, the executive director of Illinois Family Action. Dave, at the time of this recording, we don't know the outcome of the election. We're praying yes, for we President Trump's re-election, for conservative victories in the U.S. House and Senate, and in the Illinois legislature. Yeah, in the Illinois General Assembly, uh, where Republicans and pro-lifers, pro-familiars are in the super minority. And boy, oh boy, we can use some of the, the voices of these great candidates who um, put their neck out on the line, Monty, to run and run hard uh, in an attempt to gain these seats. So we get what we vote for. We get what we vote for. And what a lot of people voted for last time was more abortion in Illinois. That's right. And I don't know if they realized that when they were casting their ballot, but over the last several years, is it now three or four years, we have seen new abortuaries uh, being built and put into Illinois. Um, and, of course, they're conveniently uh, located near um, our border, whether it's Indiana, Wisconsin, or Missouri, uh, so that they can take in um, uh, victims, can we say that, victims from other states. And um, unfortunately now, because of uh, former governor uh, runner, we have taxpayer funding of abortion. And so we're paying for not only um, the murder of Illinois babies, but we're also paying for our neighbors, uh, you know, across the state line and for illegal immigrants to have their babies um, snuffed out. And we also voted for lawmakers, when I say we, uh, lots of folks out there, for indoctrination in our public schools. That's right. That's right. In, in, where, where we're failing in Illinois, our government schools are not doing the basics on reading, writing, and arithmetic, but instead we're doing social justice training, including LGBT history uh, being mandated. You've got to learn the history of uh, gay uh, people in, in, in history. I mean... Yeah. Ridiculous. Ridiculous, and there's no really clear opt-out for parents who object to this. No, Well, you know, the opt-out really is you, you go to private school or you homeschool. And uh, we have been calling lately, you know, <laughs> we, we've been doing this for a while. We've been following uh, what's the, the trends in education for quite a few years here, uh, especially since Lori Higgins came on board with Illinois Family Institute in 2008. And... Um, we're at a point now in 2020, we're calling for parents and grandparents, get your kids out of government schools. They're dangerous. They're indoctrinating your kids with propaganda that is the antithesis of the biblical worldview you want to instill in your kids. All right. So the, the hour of Sunday school on Sunday, um, the, 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 the worship service that you go to for uh, an hour on Sunday is not enough to counteract what is going on in our government schools five days a week, seven hours a day, eight hours a day in our government classrooms. It's time to get them out. Don't kid yourself. They're not going to be missionaries in that environment. Get them out 
and train them to be missionaries later in life so that they can spread the gospel message. Otherwise, you're going to find one day, uh, as Vody Bachman, Bachman says, um, you're going to find that they come home Roman soldiers after you've sent them to Caesar for their training. <laughs> well said. Getting more directly back to the election, during this time of uncertainty, we have to be in prayer about uh, rooting out corruption in yeah. the, the balloting, uh, voter integrity, those types of things, and that uh, the people overseeing these ballots uh, will be on the up and up. Well, on one hand, Monty, you know, I think it's right that we kind of ramp up our calls to prayer and fasting uh, immediately before every election. You know, every two years we kind of get going and start saying, "Hey, let you know, let's pray, let's fast, let's make you know." Um, and but on the other hand, as you're pointing out, we need to make prayer a central point all year round, right? Um, because our government officials are are busy working all the time. And we know, uh, we you know, Chicago, uh, Cook County, uh, the state of Illinois um, happens to be well known for its corruption in in um, in government. And you know what? Uh, we've got a pending investigation right now of the House Speaker and uh, multiple lawmakers and aldermen and Cook County officials who have been already indicted. Um, by the federal government. Red light cameras, all that right, stuff. Right, yeah. and, and so we need to be praying that this stuff gets exposed all the time. You know, Monty, I know a guy who actually is an FBI investigator, and he investigates public corruption. And he could not comment to me about the specifics of any case, of course, right? But he just said, suffice it to say, Dave, that Chicago is a target-rich environment for our investigations. Target-rich. <laughs> you know, in, okay, so that speaks to the culture at large, though, too. Um, is the Christian, what is the Christian church doing here? How are we influencing our government, or are we absent without leave? And as a result of our absence, are we allowing people who are of poor moral character of no biblical worldview into office, atheists and humanists, right? Uh, secular worldview, and they pursue these corrupt endeavors, and then we're surprised. Uh, you know, it's it's business as usual, and so I would say we need good, solid Christian men and women who are willing to serve. Let me stress that word again: serve their neighbors, serve their communities serve the nation and go and do good work for the people. You know, you said surprised by what's happened right. here in Illinois. But in a way, I think we're not surprised, but we're just apathetic. We accept it. Oh, it's Illinois. This well, is going to happen. That's a big part of it, isn't it? Yeah. We, we, can't, we can't be apathetic, though. I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, I get it. You know, the garbage needs to be taken out. But, you know, I just sat down. I'm going to relax. And you, you, the garbage has got to be taken out, right? Um, we've got duties at home. We've got duties with our vehicles. We've got duties with all these things. And, and government is a big part, uh, especially in Illinois, of our responsibilities that God has given us. In Illinois, okay, I would be in favor of reducing the size and scope of government in Illinois, 
but Illinois has more governmental units than any other state in the nation. We can reduce the number of government bodies in the state of Illinois and start combining um, different things and, and really streamlining these the, the things that they're doing. Government entities. These government entities, absolutely. But um, ultimately, you and I and the, the listeners here, we're responsible for the, the, the government that God has given us because we're a nation of and by the people. And we can't sit back and decide, well, I'm just going to let the humanist and atheist take control. Because when we do that, then we get the corruption. We get the, the misuse. We get, we get politicians in Springfield who are spending billions of dollars every year recklessly and then turn around and say, we want more. We, well, we need. We to, want more. We need to raise taxes. Yeah, and yeah. that drives good, hardworking <clears throat> fam. And they say they need more, and what that does is drive good, hardworking families and businesses out of Illinois. Well, and they, it also puts people into a really sticky situation. Mayor Lightfoot, in her new city budget, wants to increase real estate taxes by sixty dollars a year on average uh, per home. Well, when you sit there and you say, "Oh, it's only sixty bucks," but it's tied to inflation. But it's but it's tied in, but it's every year. I mean, there's something going up every year. They're literally nickeling and diming their own citizens, and you know what? The, their own citizens don't have the discretionary funds then to take care of other things. Right. Um, you know, new vehicles, new refrigerators, new uh, new roof on the house, whatever. Right. They, th- th- these are serious situations. It all adds up. Yeah. A little right. here, a little there, and it becomes a lot. It becomes a lot. Yeah. And then the percentage grows and grows and grows. The government says, give me more, which means, inevitably, we get less. Yep. But, Dave, no matter the outcome of all these election races, um, God tells us, to remain faithful. And that's the main goal, right? He doesn't call us to perfection. He calls us to faithfulness. And, um, you know, I, I recently gave a message at my church about Psalm 136, which repeats the stanza, for his mercy endures forever. Now, different translations say his love endures forever. His his loving kindness endures forever. Um but either way, that word hesed in the in the in the Hebrew isn't perfectly translated in English to mercy, but mercy is getting what we or not getting what we do deserve. Okay, that's the uh, Reader's Digest version, I guess, definition of mercy: not getting what we do deserve. And God's mercy has been so abundant in this nation, on its people. I know his mercy has been so amazing in my personal life, in my family, here at IFI and IFA. I know his mercy has overflowed into my life. I know it's overflowed into my community and into the state and nation. His mercy, and and scripture tells us he loves to give mercy. He loves to give mercy. So, Going back to what we talked about at the opening of this podcast about prayer, I think it's incumbent upon us to be praying for God's mercy constantly. Number one, we know the word says he loves to give mercy. So let's pray and ask him, 
please, God, continue to pour it out. Use this state, use this nation for your purposes. So if you're worried about what's happening in our nation, in our state today, go back to that. Go back to that and pray for God's mercy and know that he is a God that loves to give it. Our God loves to give mercy. So why aren't we calling out, because he, he loves to hear our prayers, and asking for him, and it shows our dependence on him, doesn't it? It really does. Acknowledging, hey, God, there's nothing I can do about this, but would you move? Would you give mercy? Would you give us upsets in various races throughout the, the state of Illinois? Would you would you turn hearts of some of the most um, hard-left politicians in, in Illinois? You know, you and I will go down to Springfield, we'll lobby and we'll ask our state lawmakers uh, not to vote for certain bills or to vote for certain bills. And um, there are certain ones that we want to avoid because, well, that person, we're never going to reach them with our message. But God could. God could. And so we need to pray that God would have mercy on that person's soul and that we know that, that God gives mercy, common mercy to them every day, and just to change their heart. All right. We're going to take a time out and continue our conversation about the election, maybe a little bit about the Supreme Court, social media, etc., when the Illinois Family Spotlight continues. This is Albert Moeller for townhall.com. The 2020 election is now before us. I didn't vote for Donald Trump in 2016, but I've already voted for Donald Trump in 2020. Four years ago, I made an argument against him based on character. I still believe in the necessity of character for public office, but I've had to think more deeply about how character is evaluated in a given historic context. In 2016, I doubted that Donald Trump would fulfill his campaign promises about the sanctity of life. I was wrong. In his first term, President Trump has staked his place in history, defied the accommodationist temptation, and given pro-life Americans more than any other president. I voted for and I hope for the election of Donald Trump and the Republican ticket for a second term. I also hope for a continued Republican majority in the United States Senate. I do so precisely because of my convictions. May God bless the United States of America, and may this nation bless the nations of the world. I'm Albert Moeller. Thanks for joining Illinois Family Spotlight. Monty Larrick here, along with David Smith, Hello. the Executive Director of Illinois Family Action. Dave, your hope for a second Trump administration. <laughs> Where shall I begin? Well, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm hoping and praying that he will continue to appoint and nominate good conservative judges to the federal bench. And I'm praying that he will get another one or two. Supreme Court justice um, seats to fill. That would be awesome. But we also have seen him appoint wonderful people to his cabinet and to the federal departments, right? These are all, all things he can do unilaterally as the chief executive, right, and, and the chief executive of the executive branch, whether it's uh, appointing people like Dr. Ben Carson, the Health and Human Services, or I mean, sorry, he's at HUD, the Housing and Urban Development, um, and Betsy DeVos at uh, Department of Education. Um, the things that they have been doing has been phenomenal. 
And eventually, I would like him to either scale back the Department of Education dramatically or eliminate it by the time he's done in his second four-year term. Um, and then and then scale back in other places. You know what else I'd like to see? I'd like to see him get us out of the United Nations. I'd like to see him get us out of the World Health Organization altogether. Um, you know, the liberals, I know, they'll howl, they'll scream, but they're concerned about what the rest of the world thinks. But Donald Trump has repeatedly said, and I love this, part of his um, campaign uh, stops were America first. America first. And it's about time that we focus on what the American people want and need, not what the rest of the world. I'm not saying abandon the world. I'm just saying we don't need to be part of these huge one world type government organizations anymore. We don't need to be part of it and we don't need to be funding it. Are you a little concerned, though, that the Trump administration has become a little too pro-LGBT. Tell me where he's become too pro-LGBT. The, um, the fact is he and his administration have banned transgenders from serving openly in the military. That's huge. But where else is he being pro-LGBT? Well, some of his, the appointments he's made. Oh, well, he's, yes, some of them I wouldn't have picked um, but you know what? I'll, I'll take the good with the bad here on that. Um, they're not necessarily promoting an LGBT agenda um, internationally like the Obama administration was. Uh, you can talk to people like Max Solomon, who was a state rep candidate in, uh, in House District 38. He came from Nigeria. He could tell you stories. Uh, former state senator Kyle McCarter, uh, he's a, an ambassador now. Uh, to Kenya. The fact was, during the Obama administration, they were pushing and tying federal dollars and funding from the United States to whether or not they were going to push an LGBT or a Planned Parenthood type agenda. And that's just absolutely wrong. And so I'm grateful that I have not heard and have not read anything about the Trump administration doing that, even though I, I know that Jared Kushner, his son-in-law, Ivanka, uh, might be a little squishy, if not a little bit leftward, on those issues. Well, let's turn the table here. Yeah. What's your hope for a Biden administration? <laughs> My hope would be that our House and Senate were firmly Republican and that we would have divided government that wouldn't allow him to advance legislation the AOC, new Green Deal type legislation that would push our government um, into socialism. Uh, A Marxist agenda. A Marxist agenda, right. But as I just pointed out, um, as chief executive, he would have a lot of uh, leeway to make a lot of changes. For example, Donald Trump just recently said no more critical race theory training in federal uh, departments. That is huge. That is a Marxist propaganda tool used to to indoctrinate our federal employees, and that would certainly come back under a Biden administration. But we need to be in prayer that the president, President Biden... Yeah. Oh, absolutely. 
we need to pray for him personally, yes. but also for his vice president, Kamala Harris. Yep, absolutely. Considered to be the most pro-abortion senator. Yep. And uh, that maybe there will be some moderating influences reach them. Absolutely. We need to pray for them. The Lord can change the, the, their hearts just like he can change the stream of a river, right? That's in a proverb. And we also have to realize this, too. Um, you and I have lived and worked in Illinois for, well, forever, and we should be used to this by now, disappointing election results, right? right. Up and down the ballot. Mm -hmm. And I've had my occasions where, you know, I've been um, curled up like a <laughs> like a wounded cat licking your wounds um, the day after elections, the week after elections, um, sulking and, and, and discouraged. But I think we need to start realizing, and, and as we grow in, in Christian maturity, God's plan isn't going to be thwarted. This may look like a setback. It may look like devastation coming forward. But God has a purpose and a plan for it all. And we need to sit back and trust God. We don't know what's around the corner. We don't know around the, the um, you know, down the street and around the corner. We don't know what's coming up. None of us would have forecasted or predicted that 2020, the terrible, would, would see us in a lockdown, you know, a COVID-19 lockdown like we've seen. None of us would have seen that. None of us would have seen what it, how it would have affected the economy and how the media uh, um, was stoking and is stoking fear. Um, so, so I don't know what God is doing, but I'm hoping and praying that it's all going to be a net positive for his kingdom. Maybe a net positive out of this election uh, is the fact that here in Illinois, a lot of conservatives ran for office. Yes, yes. And, they aren't giving up, Monty. And they mounted very good campaigns. And, and, and you know what? Um, President Trump came uh, within the last couple of weeks here to uh, Janesville, Wisconsin, and a bunch of Illinoisans went up, including Mark Kern. He got a shout-out by the president. You know, there were uh, thousands and thousands of people there. So I, I do praise God that there are lots of people that were energized by this election cycle. I praise God that there were a lot of good conservative Christian candidates stepping up, putting their neck on the line in some districts that you would say, oh boy, yeah. <laughs> that's a hard one to win. But they went and they ran and they ran hard. And um, I thank God because you know what? At least we're giving people choices on the ballot. And you never know when the Lord will allow an upset. Yeah. Well, they planted seeds for the future. Absolutely. And, I, you know, I hope some of these people will stay uh, engaged and continue to run. You know, one of the silver linings behind the, the, the recent census that was just completed, uh, we're, Illinois is going to lose at least one congressional seat. Now, that's not a good news. That's not good news. We might lose even two. But the silver lining that I'm referring to is the fact that our electoral college number will go down. Right now, we have 18 Congress seats and two Senate seats, giving us a total of 20 electoral college votes. Well, in the next presidential, we're going to have 19 
If or the Democrats don't do away with 18, the Electoral College. Right, if, <laughs> if they don't, right. So um, our, our so-called influence nationally is going to go down in more than one way. But at the same time, um, I think this gives us opportunities to challenge in those in certain districts will certainly become more competitive. I, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the legislature. Uh, Which one? Springfield the, the, or D.C.? The, the Illinois legislature. Okay. Uh, what's, what's coming up that we need to be looking out for? And uh, the second part of the question, due to these uh, federal investigations, will Mike Madigan's power be diminished? <laughs> well, you're going to have to remind me about that one. All right, so let's go back to Mike Madigan in a minute. But what do we have to watch for? Um, well, there's a number of things. Number one, I would say, you know, um, uh, de the death with dignity movement is all over the United States. In Illinois, um, they've been working it. The death with dignity is physician-assisted suicide. Uh, and we're against that. The dignity of life um, doesn't allow us to cut somebody's life short just because they're a burden to us or because they are having some burdensome pain or problems. Um, God is working in their life. God is working in the lives around that person who is dying. We have no authority. We have no authority to say goodbye. That's murder. That's murder. So that's number one. Number two, um, you know, um, LaShawn Ford, State Representative LaShawn Ford from Oak Park Avenue, has been very vocal about introducing legislation mandating the 1619 Project um, History uh, Curriculum, which would teach um, that basically America is a racist nation. History in quotes. History, that's right. Um, and I think, I think we've got to be ready to battle of that. Um, and, and I think there's some other things that we need to be aware of um, on the, the positive side and that we need to get behind. Um, I'm hoping that state state representative, state senator, I should say now, uh, um, Darren Bailey, um, will champion legislation um, to make sure that it is crystal clear in our law that governor, any governor, but Governor Pritzker does not have executive authority past 30 days. Right, he can't lock down the the, um, the 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 economy of Illinois for months on end, thirty days, and then the legislature has to come in. He, why have a legislature, Monty, if he gets to act unilaterally and just decide who's open, who's closed? I mean, where's the checks and balances? Where where? No, we we need we need to have the legislature involved in making any decisions regarding so-called pandemics, and especially after we've seen initially the predictions that didn't come true, why are we still reacting the same way we would have if those predictions were true? In other words, they weren't as severe. They were calling for 2 million deaths. We're at 200,000. That's sad. However, the survival rate is well over 90%. Uh, the, the, of those who contract COVID. To affect 90% of the state for those who are being affected, shutting down the rest of the state um, is just unheard of. It's been such a hardship on so many people. 
and organizations, even uh, Illinois Family Institute and Illinois Family Action. Yeah, our, how, our, how do we press forward during this pandemic? Well, let, let me just point out to our listeners, um, our, our donations are way down. We're way behind where we normally are. And um, if, if you feel led, if you would prayerfully consider sending an extra donation, if everybody listening to this podcast were able to send $25, $50 to help us, it would make a big difference in our, our monthly budget and um, in our reserves. Monty, you, you distracted me. I want to go back to the Madigan question. Sure. I'm the sorry. Madigan question, yeah. which uh, was, uh, you know, because he is under investigation by the FBI. Will his power be diminished? Will his power? Yes, it is, already has been. In fact, we have Stephanie Kifowitz from the Aurora area, state representative, who has already announced that she is going to run against Madigan for the speakership. That's unheard of. Hmm. All right? So so he's already got a challenger. He's got a number of state lawmakers. I can't remember the number now. It's 8 to 12. I she can't remember. She might want to keep the lights on in her house. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a number of state lawmakers who have also called for him to step down. And so I, I think there is going to be some division in his caucus, which is not a bad thing if they can't get together unified in, in passing an agenda that is, you know, decidedly anti-life, anti-family. Lightning round. Okay. Social media. Yep. IFI and IFA have been victimized. Oh, yeah. No, regularly we find that our, um, our we try to boost our articles on on our uh, Facebook pages, and we get declined uh, because of the content or what have you. Um, we I, I do believe that we're also shadow banned because of the content of our material. Um, the, the overlords <laughs> at Facebook don't want us to be able to reach a larger audience with our message. And so I would just say to our listeners here, please share. Share on your page so at least we can get to another dozen or another hundred eyeballs, um, if, if you will. Help us share our message and get it out. Time for the feds to look at this? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, the Facebook, Twitter, uh, whatever, uh, either they are platforms or they're publishers. And when they start adding content, in other words, flagging our media, our content, saying false or this has not been verified or, you know, um, they become um, editors to what we've published and they need to be held responsible for that. I'm sorry, I can't go into the Borders bookstore and start picking up Michael Moore's latest book and flagging all the falsehoods in his book and then put it back on the shelf. They would arrest me for defacing uh, their property. And it's the same thing that, that, that Facebook is doing. They are taking what is not their property and defacing it or um, commenting on it, which they, sh they don't have the right to do. Judge Amy Coney <laughs> Barrett, Supreme Court Justice. Uh, conservatives are elated. Yeah. Any concerns? Well, I'm concerned because um, the proof's in the pudding, right? So Neil Gorsuch has not proven to be the conservative he was touted to us beforehand. 
Or John Roberts. Or John Roberts, right, exactly. So, or what was the other guy's name? Um, Breyer. Um, Stephen oh, Stephen Breyer. Stephen Breyer. So, I want to hold off. I do believe um, that her life is indicative. She's a faithful Catholic, a serious Catholic who values life. Obviously, she adopted children. And then has a special needs child. Um, I think it, that's an amazing testimony right there for where her values are. So I think that will transpose um, in some of her rulings. It's her worldview, right? But again, I think she'll be a fair jurist, you know, and and won't be an activist uh, making laws or injecting laws. No IFI banquet this year, oh. but, but a big challenge. Oh man! So yeah, I'm I'm working. I'm going to try to get a hundred thousand dollar matching challenge by the end of this year, and um, we need to be able to match that because we're so far behind from where we were last year. Um, the the October banquets that we normally have is usually a great boost at the right time of the year for our um, our our bottom line. And because this year, in fact, Monty, our favorite venue, the Stone Gate in Hoffman Estates, is is going through bankruptcy. Yep. Well, what? Well, when you can't do weddings and conferences, well, this is one. They're the vict, a victim of the lockdown, and that's a shame. And hopefully, after they go through the bankruptcy, they might be able to reopen, and we'll be able to go visit them again. With, with our guests, because it's a beautiful venue, very well located, nice, uh, conveniently located is what I should say. Um, so anyway, um, but stay tuned. I'm hoping that we can do a Worldview conference again in March. If we can't do it in person, maybe we can do it online. But, um, you know, there's, there's more than one way to skin the cat. There we go. All right. Well, thank you so much, David Smith, the executive director of Illinois Family Action. Dave, um, big challenges ahead. If people want to help us, they can go to IllinoisFamily.org. Or IFIAction.org, either one. Um, one is a C4. You don't get a tax deduction there. If you want to hit the Donate button over at IFIAction.org and you don't need a tax deduction, great. That enables us to do a lot of political, more political, overt political work. If you want to come over to IllinoisFamily.org, that is our 501c3. We're issue and education oriented. We go on the issues and the worldview, and that is tax deductible. And so if you'd prefer a tax deduction over there, that would be phenomenal. Thank you so much, Dave. And thank you, folks, for tuning in. Please tell a friend and a family member or two about uh, Illinois Family Spotlight. Until next time. Stay healthy, stay safe, and stay active. God bless. Thank you for listening to Illinois Family Spotlight. For more information, please visit us at ifiaction.org and look for us on Facebook and Twitter. If you would like to email us questions or comments, please do so at feedback at ifiaction.org. Until next time, stay engaged and keep your eyes on the prize.